Welcome to the Thrive Podcast, the place where you will get to know inspiring real-life women who dare to do the uncommon. They embrace who they are in their life's purpose, and most importantly, they thrive because of it. I am Olga Mueller, a personal success coach and speaker, passionate traveler, and unshakable believer that everyone deserves to live a life they love without ever having to feel guilty about it. Each week, I will introduce you to powerhouse women from all around the world to show you that you can create a fulfilling life you love, no matter the circumstances, personal history, or topic. Me and my fellow ladies are here to bust your fears, your feelings of guilt and shame, and boost your confidence to a whole new level where you are finally able to see that I can do it too. Get ready to dare, embrace, and thrive unapologetically with us. Let's do this. Today I have another great soul with us. Uh, her name is Shannon K. Marlin. She's from the U.S. And uh, Shannon has been involved in nutrition, health, and wellness for over 25 years and is the proud owner of Orange Fedora, a healthy lifestyle company specializing in mindfulness and functional nutrition. And she is a board-certified holistic health coach, functional nutrition guide, certified personal trainer, and registered nurse. So welcome to the Thrive Podcast, Shannon. I'm so excited to have you with us. Thank you for having me. So you have come, you know, such a long way. And I think you have created something so wonderful for yourself. Have you always believed that this would be, you know, your life one day or that you would make this dream come true for yourself? No, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not. No. Um When I was a kid, my goodness, I think all I wanted to do was just take care of animals all day, and I wasn't going to move out of my parents' house, and they were super excited about that when I was seven. And, you know, as kids, you know, go, as they grow up, you know, their their ideas change and whatnot. When I was 10, I was a gymnast. I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon, and then, you know, you go into high school, and things change again. And, um, you know, but I think that because of when, how old I am and the generation that like, like when I grew up, um, it was, we, I, I grew up in this like interesting, I actually have a blog about, about being a Xennial. It's this very small, like micro generation between generation X and millennials. So, you know, I grew up on cassette tapes and we've, tra and somehow I figured out how to use Skype today. <laughs> so, um, and I built my own website. So, you know, it's that transition of coming from like, you know, playing down the street when you're a kid and coming home when the, when the street lights come on to now we're all on, you know, I'm talking to someone in Germany, which is so cool, you know. Yeah. Um, so your dream has been so pretty much so different when, when you were a child than what you're living now. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I grew up with this idea. I think it was kind of instilled in me um, from my parents, my grandparents, and just seeing how like adults work mm. that I was going to grow up and go to college and get a job and stay there until I retired. And, you know, that's just kind of what you're taught, you know, and what yeah. you expect. And so that was just, there wasn't really a plan. It was just like, oh, I guess that's how life goes, you know. Um, and as a kid, uh, I was always a good girl. I did what I was told. All of this I was very quiet and shy, which everyone who knows me now would probably laugh about. Um, <laughs> and yeah, even you probably have figured that out already. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so this was not something that, you know, it's, it's risky, right? You know, when you go out on your own and do something and I, I'm not a gambler even today, like I'm not that big of a risk taker. I, I'm very, um, 
I make lists. I, I look down a path as far as I can before I take, you know, steps. And so, so this is a big deal, you know, but my life, um, as a child didn't even go as I thought it was supposed to, as I saw my friend's life kind Mm -hmm. of unfolding. So, you know, there's a a quote that says you play the cards you're dealt, you know, and unfortunately I wasn't dealt the the cards that I had been expected. So I had to improvise and here I am. I mean, five years ago, I wouldn't have put myself here either. So that's awesome. And uh, I feel that this is so important that, you know, we as women like champion each other for, for all of the achievements that we make because five years might sound like, um, I don't know, like a huge long time for other, for some people, but really, you know, five years can be like nothing if you're able to create something that drives you and, you know, fulfills you in like a way that you probably could have never imagined. And, um, one thing uh, that I, that I also loved about your story is, you know, it hasn't been easy for you because like you said, even as a child, you know, you imagined that you would um, experience something completely different than what you've seen from your friends. So how has, you know, growing up really been for you, especially like I think around the teenage years, it was like mm-hmm. a quite difficult story for you. Yeah. Um, so long story short, which I'm really yeah. bad at, um, <laughs> we've got time. Don't worry. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically when I was a kid, um, I, I grew up in an abusive home mm-hmm. and when I was old enough to kind of articulate that and ask for help and seek assistance from, you know, like my mother, other family members, adults in my life that mm-hmm. I thought were going to be there for me, they weren't, mm-hmm. they pretty much turned their back on me. And I found myself in a position where I was just like, you know, fly under the radar best as you can wait it out and freaking just figure it out at some point when, you know, I'm grown up enough to, cause at this point I was, you know, my preteens, you know, so wait until I'm grown up enough to, to just get away, you know, because nobody who was supposed to help me did. Yeah. So, um, so you were, you so, were even younger than, than 13, but, when you yeah. realized what was, what was going on. Right. Mm. Right. Um, and then I entered high school and, you know, it was funny. And, um, I hope that I articulate this appropriately because I, I went to a, a private college preparatory mm-hmm. high school and, um, I, uh, you know, so there were certain the requirements were different and I'm sure they're different all over the world. You probably don't even know what they are here in the United States, but, um, but the requirements are different than at a public school. Mm-hmm. And so there's a little bit more, um, anyway, we're required to take a certain type of health class and I can't, it was a while ago. I can't quite yeah. remember exactly what it was, but, um, in that health class, um, we were to choose a topic in the beginning of the semester and, um, write, basically do like a little research paper on it, present it to the class. Mm-hmm. at some point during that time. And I don't know why I chose it, but I chose anorexia and bulimia. Mm-hmm. And so um, in my research as a teenager, uh, I thought to myself, and at the time I I was, 
I probably had about five pounds of like baby fat on me. You know what I mean? Like I could have walked 30 minutes a day, three days a week, and it would have been gone and I would have been a very healthy, normal looking person. So I was not overweight by any stretch of the imagination at that time. Um, But for a number of reasons, I looked at myself and I thought, oh, something needs to change here. Like I'm, you know, I don't look good. I don't look right. I don't fit. I'm not, I'm not perfect, you know? And, and that was so before, the research, before the research or after? Um, I think it was, I, it's hard to really pinpoint. I don't recall having those types of feelings prior to mm-hmm. it. So I think that in doing the research, it occurred to me like, wait a minute, what if I need to be like this? What if I'm not enough, you know? Um, So it's kind of a slippery slope for teenagers Mm -hmm. to do research on things like this because you're very impressionable at that time, you know? Um, But it's also very important to to read and acknowledge and understand and learn about that during that period of time. So it's just catch-22, you know? Um, And that's why I say I want to articulate it appropriately because in no way was it an inappropriate assignment. In no way do I blame, you know, my teachers for assigning that. Like, that's Mm -hmm. not the case at all. Um, But in in any case, I, you know, in doing this research, I thought to myself, um, well, I can do this, you know, and. And I can lose this extra weight that I have. And in my mind, I wasn't thinking five pounds. I was thinking I needed to go big or go home, you know. Mm. And um, so so I thought, well, you know, what can I do? And I started, you know, counting calories and over-exercising. And I ended up losing 50 pounds in two months. Wow. Um, yeah, off of a frame that didn't need to lose more than five. So... Um, I thought I got down to a certain weight. My mother told me that it was actually 10 pounds lighter. I, she said that when I got down to a certain number, I wouldn't allow photos to be taken of me. So I don't even have pictures of myself from that time when I was that sick. But do you um, actually remember that? Or y- you just remember that from what your, your, your mom has told you? The photos? Yeah, like, for example, those kind of situations. Is that like an active memory of yourself or just like... I remember it all very well. I remember the day I did it was November 1st of 92 was when I started. Um, I remember all the specifics of the things that I did. I don't know how much of that you actually want to share since it's not really a conversation on eating disorders per se, but it is how, how all of this kind of started. Um, but, but no, I, the only thing I didn't recall was that I wouldn't allow photos. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, but everything else was, were my own memories. And over the course of a couple of years during the, the hardest part of it and the worst time my hair fell out, I had cracked bleeding skin. My, mm. I was, you know, I had a grand mal seizure in algebra class, couple ER visits. I was, you know, it was, it was touch and go, honestly, in retrospect there, you know, now that I'm a nurse and I understand the science yeah. behind what can happen in those circumstances, you know, I was probably hyponatremic and obviously hypoglycemic and, mm. you know, I could be doing damage to my heart and my brain and, you know, all of these things that I didn't know because as a teenager, you think, oh, that won't happen to me. Yeah. I have control. I'll stop when I need to, you know, and it's the typical teenage mentality. It won't happen to me, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I can do it forever. I'm not like that, you know, so that's when it all started. Um, in the meantime, the, the home life was also still mm-hmm. challenging. And um, the, there's always the question, what's the correlation there? Did you do it because you needed to have some semblance of control over, you know, what was going on and all of this? And that's a very kind of, I think it happens a lot. I think that's definitely a valid thing. Um, for me, the best way I can, I can 
I didn't do it specifically. Like at the time I wasn't making the decision because of that, mm-hmm. um, the decision to be anorexic because of my home life. Mm-hmm. But in retrospect, I can see that what I was doing, and I think that what I generally continue to do throughout my life is if I'm perfect, someone will love me. Because if you think about it, an abusive home and no one's paying attention, that means no one loves you. And as a child, that's a big deal. And so that's, that's where that came from. And so this constant strive for perfection just incorporated itself into, or the anorexia incorporated itself into that drive. Um, and so I'm curious, like, I'm curious to just a little bit better understand, because I'm sure like there are, there are tons or, or millions of people probably struggling with this, probably even more. Like, I don't know any statistics, but um, and I think it's always also like such a delicate topic uh, for people to actually open up. So I'm very grateful that you're actually sharing this. Um, like what made it, let's say, so uh, let's say attractive like going this path for you back then or thinking that this is a certain uh, type of, of perfection or ideal model? Um, Do you recall? You know, I don't know. I think uh, not specifically. And it took me a while, actually. It's something that I really had started thinking about even just about 10 years ago was why did I do it? Like, mm-hmm. what was that driving force, you know? And that's when I came up with the strive for perfection and then someone love me because Mm -hmm. that was what was missing in my life and my feelings was Mm -hmm. that no one loved me no one cared and if I could just be perfect in every absolute possible way then maybe someone would Mm -hmm. um so that's that's my best articulation at the time though I I don't believe I was thinking uh, along Mm -hmm. those lines at the time I just thought oh hey here's this way to to look better and maybe if I look better I'll fit in because I always kind of felt like I didn't fit in for a lot of reasons I grew up in San Francisco and there were a lot of reasons um growing up in in a large city like that where you kind of feel Mm. like you don't fit um and uh and so I think it was it was a more general approach at that time because you know going through everything I was going through already uh, my grandmother, who I was very close to, had passed away even a couple of months ago. A lot of people tried to blame the anorexia on that, which was not related at all. Um, and, you know, people just want answers. They want to they want to assign blame, yeah, you know. Exactly. And so you co- people come up with all these things. And it's funny that nobody ever asked me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I was the one doing it. So, um, but, but, yeah, so I was going through a lot. So, you know, and, and I mean, I was. I just turned 14. So at that time, you're not really as capable of, you know, setting up this linear path for yourself as you are, you know, as an adult when you're like, okay, I can see where everything connects now, you know, Mm -hmm. but then everything was a mess. And, you know, and during that time as well, during, yeah, well, during the, you know, if that wasn't enough, I was also diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder, which may well have been even worse. Actually, I I venture to say that it is. Mm -hmm. Um, and can you explain a little bit well. what that means for everybody who, who's mm. not familiar with it? Oh, okay. So obsessive compulsive disorder. Oh gosh, this is a hard one because it can it can manifest in many ways for different people. Um, mm-hmm. For me, I was very textbook. It's the you know most people would know it as the people who wash their hands all the time. They oh, okay. check the door fifty five times. Mm-hmm. They have special numbers that they assign to things to make sure they feel safe and mm. and clean and all of that. So it just depends on where it stems from. A lot of it. A lot of people have this cleanliness thing, germ yeah, thing, okay. and you know others have to check the stove and all mm-hmm. of that. So. Um, so yeah, mine was very much related to, um, well, I, you know, 
at the time it was very much related to I didn't want anyone touching me. I didn't mm-hmm. want anyone, you know, to hurt me. Yeah. So that kind of transferred into a cleanliness issue and, and, and then it just explodes and it, and it, um, kind of spills into every other aspect of your life as well. And then it gets all caught up and, and it just envelops you really. Mm. Um, so, so that's a little bit about what that is. And obviously, you know, you don't go through these things being a happy person. So I was diagnosed with depression as well. I mean, it all um, accumulates like for, for a little girl like that, you know, having to deal with everything like this is just like, you know, like Im- impressive, you know, how how you've made it through all of this. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. <laughs> sometimes I look back and I don't know how I did it, you know, sometimes and it was just one foot in front of the other. And I, you know, one of my very close friends that I've, I met in college, actually, so we've known each other oh, somewhere around 17 years now. Um, I was very much an open book when we met. And I was just like, whatever, anybody who will listen to me at this point, you know, like, so I was very <laughs> raw at that time in my early 20s, you know, and I was like, whatever, like, what do I have to lose? I'm on my own at this point, you know. Yeah. Um, and she asked me, she's like, with everything that you've been through, I don't know how you're so happy and positive. And I told her, I said, well, here's how I see it. Like, I've seen enough bad in the world that there's got to be good just around the corner. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. You know, like when I was 16, I, after a number of issues and all of the years of um, all of these problems, I finally told my mom, I said, if you don't get me out of here, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't do this anymore. I can't. I was 16 at that time. So, you know, you're starting to uh, put things together in life generally at that age, you know, mm-hmm. where you're almost going to be a grown up and, you know, but then throw all this, you know, psychological stuff on top of it. And you're like, you know, it, it's kind of a mess. And so um, she called her dad, my papa, mm-hmm. um, and he was married to the grandmother that I had lost. So mm-hmm. I was very close to my mom's parents. Um, and she basically said, will you take her? And, um, yeah, I'm like, I would say I'm alive today because of him. So, wow. and so, so basically, um, you left your parents' house, if I understand correctly. And then, uh, you were living with your grandpa and, um, I know you mentioned to me a little bit before our, our interview that, your grandpa passed away quite, let's say, quickly after you moved in. I mean, relatively. Yeah, I moved in with him when I was 16 and a half. I finished uh, high school there. It was two hours from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, and I finished high school and I moved to Indiana for my freshman year of college. I moved all across the country. Um, and while I was there, he passed away. Mm-hmm. So I was 18, just a few months. Uh, my goodness, like... I guess he's been, I'm looking at the date right yeah. here. Yeah. He passed away like 22 years ago, I guess. Wow. Yeah. 22 years ago. Um, and, uh, so at that point I was like, Oh crap, you know, cause I'm 18. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, and I'm still a mess, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm still like barely hanging on. Like I really haven't addressed any of mm-hmm. my problems. And I'm like, I don't know what to do now. You know, <laughs> like, like talk about my life, not going the way I thought it was going to when I was six, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I, I left college at that point because my, my grandfather, from my understanding at that time, was paying for it and I couldn't afford it and mm-hmm. I was out of state. And so I thought, well, I guess I'll just work. So 
one thing after another. I finally ended up coming back to California, um, worked full-time, eventually went back to college part-time and then swapped that. I quit my full-time job, worked at Starbucks, which is a oh, great wow. company, actually. They treat their employees really well, and I was able to get benefits and work almost full-time there while going to school full-time, which was very helpful. Um, and uh, and so I finished my first college degree. I have a bachelor's degree in organizational communication and a minor in journalism. Congratulations. Um, and, uh, oh, thank you. That, and it was only two years late. I only graduated two years later than I was supposed to. Um, and, uh, you know, I ended up going back to school for nursing for a number for a number of reasons. And it was a, quite an accident. I never intended to going into nursing either, which a lot of people ask, did you always want to be a nurse? Nope. <laughs> no. um, <laughs> and, uh, but I did that when I was 30, I guess, ish. Um, I had no science background at the time. I mean, I just like started all over. <laughs> That's amazing so, though. So um, most yeah. people don't dare to, you know, like 30 might sound so maybe old for, I don't know, maybe some <laughs> people who are listening, but it's like, and, and then you're thinking like, oh no, but I'm already 30, you know, it's not going to be worth it or whatever. Mm -hmm. The train has already <laughs> left, but it's like, damn, you're still like so <laughs> young, you know, and um so, so I, I admire that you took that step. And so I'm curious, like, how has been, let's say, the relationship with your parents during that time? Did you have any, any relationship oh. to them or was it more like you being all by yourself? Um, gosh, during that whole time, let's see. Uh, or ever since you moved I out? You know, it fluctuated a lot. Um. I, my father passed away when I was 20, so mm -hmm. that didn't fluctuate much because that was relatively soon after I left. Um, and, uh, you know, my relationship with my mother and the, the, um, communication and such, mm -hmm. uh, like I said, fluctuated and, you know, I was, I actually legally changed my name when I was 18, mm -hmm. uh, because I didn't want to be associated with mm -hmm. my father and, um, And, you know, when I emailed, I, I think email was a new thing at the time. Because <laughs> I remember I, I emailed my mom from one of the computers at like the, um, and like the, the lobby area of the dorm at my college. Because yeah. I think that's all that there was. <laughs> um, and I emailed her and I said, you know, I know that you're probably going to be upset by this, but it's something that I need to do to help myself heal. And I don't mm -hmm. know where else to start. And so I'm starting here and. Um, you know, she was upset, but she said, I remember she said, um, you know, I, um, oh gosh, I, you know, I don't know. I don't remember what she said. Um, but you know, she didn't lash out or anything. I, mm -hmm. she, I think she was hurt, but she understood. And I said, um, you know, I said, I, I understand and appreciate that you can't accept what happened to me, mm -hmm. but you need to understand and appreciate what I need to do to heal myself. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, you're always so articulate and, um, and if that's what you need to do, then, you know, and, and I continue to distance myself in the, in the means that I felt necessary. And to be really honest, I have goodness, how old am I? Um, I have not seen my family in 20 years now. Wow. Um, but you know, at the time, because at the time I was 18 and then my dad passed away when I was 20 and I'm Christian. So mm -hmm. I have, you know, my faith is important to me. Um, and so, you know, I, I was young, I didn't know, like, um, you know, what my role was in, yeah. in who goes to heaven and who doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't know all the rules. And so I prayed to God and I said, you know, like from, from my perspective, like, 
I forgive everybody. Like, do what you will. Like, I, I don't want like any of that to be on me, yeah. you know? Um, and that's, that's when I realized like forgiveness is, is such an important part of, of health. It's an important part of any process really. Um, so the forgiveness was always there. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm also was, asking because I feel like, um, this topic, uh, of like being like, okay with being by yourself, I feel like is a challenge to a lot of women. Like, Yeah. They need to have a partner or they need to have somebody in their life to feel like, okay. And so I'm curious, you know, like how has, I mean, you didn't have any really other choice, right? It was kind of like you were put into that situation, but how has it really, you know, shaped you? How has it helped you? Hmm. Um, that's a loaded question. Olga. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're here for. <laughs> right I didn't have a choice and not honestly like I, I don't know who I would have been or what I would have done or, or how I would have turned out had my life been you know quote unquote normal because whose life really is normal but you know if it had followed a little bit a little bit straighter of a path um, I don't know if I would have been the strong and like sassy kind of um, don't take crap from people kind mm -hmm. of person that I am now I mean I honestly got a lot of that from both of my grandmothers so <laughs> it would have happened anyway um, but um, but you know, I did, like you said, I didn't have a choice. So my, I had two choices actually sink mm -hmm. or swim yeah. and you know, what are you going to do? So that was always like, okay, well, I guess it was, it was kind of always like that. Well, I guess I'm going to go to college. Um, so I guess I'll take out some loans and, you know, and I worked in a bunch of different industries with my first degree and, you know, I ended up working in film and television and the writers went on strike in 07 and nobody was working. And I thought, oh my God, you got to be kidding me. That's when I went back to nursing school and said, well, I guess I'm going back to college, you know, so it kind of always has been, okay, well, you know, you come to a fork in the road, and it's like, well, I guess I'm going to make a decision now, because <laughs> you just have to, you know, and oddly enough, um, you know, I was always out of step, out of sync with where all my friends were mm -hmm. throughout various times in my life, um, you know, I was living on my own while they were still living with their parents, I was going to college, and they were, you know, traveling the world, and um, I was working full time and they were, I don't know, not doing anything, you know, so, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, when you're young, you yeah. some people don't have to, a lot of people don't have to. And I was forced into this hyper responsibility and mm. these places that they weren't and didn't understand. A lot of them got married very shortly after high school. Some of them shortly again after that. I didn't really have time for that. When I did, I was not having good luck in the dating world. To be mm. really honest, I still don't. <laughs> But um, you know, then they're having kids and I never had kids. And so, yeah. so I, like I said, I've always been out of step and that's, it's been difficult in that, um, because another big part of health is your relationships in your life. Mm -hmm. And so it's been quite a challenge, um, there too, because I was, I always I grew up faster and then, you know, then I was in a place where I could go do fun stuff and then they couldn't. And, um, you know, and I noticed too, I would say within the last 10 years at various times, like, you know, my friend's they didn't want to do anything. When I finally got to a point where I, you know, I was mm. pretty stable financially and I could start to explore, I thought, you know, gosh, like, I don't do anything with my life but work because I have this, you know, I, mean, I still have student loan debt. I have credit card debt. Like, that's that's a part of life, too, that, you know, I, like many other people, trying to get mm. out of, you know, but 
but you don't put your life on hold because of it. You, mm-hmm. you are responsible first, you know, make sure you pay your bills, but you have to have fun too. You have to have something to look forward to, to enjoy. And I missed that part for like 15 years. And I was like, gosh, my life is like, I think you read my, fa- my fancy finding fairy tale on mm. my website. And I was like, one step over the next, I finally got the food and exercise right. And I was like, wait, it still, still, still kind of sucks, you know? And then I realized I was hanging out with people who, you know, put me down all the time and never, you know, and I was like, wow, some of the friends that I had in my life were very toxic. And I was like, okay, I need to fix that. And then I fixed that. I'm like, still, but then I'm working 80 hours a week. So what was I to expect? You know, yeah. you can't be fun and, you know, you can't have fun and be happy and healthy like that. And so, um, you know, you, you go through this process of like what health really means. And I thought, oh my gosh, like this took me way too long to figure out. And that's what inspired my business. Cause I'm like, let me help other people do this faster. Cause mm-hmm. I just spent like a couple decades. <laughs> and how um, did you actually make the, the shift for yourself between, you know, the, the eating, let's say disorder or problems earlier in your life to now, you know, seeing like how food and um, exercise can actually, you know, benefit you and make your body way healthier. Like how did that switch turn? Oh, um, you know, there is something very different about people with eating disorders and it's part of like, I have a huge heart for it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is part of the, uh, part of what I want to do with my business eventually, but it, it does walk a fine line because I'm not a therapist. Yeah. I'm a nurse. I'm not a therapist. Um, but I do have obviously very hands-on experience with mm. this. So the thing about people with eating disorders, um, is it never really goes away. Mm-hmm. Um, what I always tell people though, is how, and this is part of the mindfulness and the mindset work that I do is like, people will ask me, you look at me now and I look very healthy, you know, mm-hmm. I am very healthy. And, you know, people will say, you know, Oh, you know, oh, I have a history of, you know, an eating disorder. I have a history of, you know, depression or what, you know. Um, and I mean, even even as, as recently as yesterday, I was like, I had gone for a stretch of period, like maybe six hours. I hadn't eaten. It was between lunch and dinner. I hadn't eaten. I wasn't particularly hungry. And I started to get hungry. And I thought, well, I've gone six hours. And it's this idea. It's a very strange thing that creeps up. And I thought, maybe I just won't eat. And this is yesterday, you know, and so it's this constant, like almost self-talk, like you need to eat something, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like maybe I won't eat, you need to eat something, but, but it's being aware of it and it's saying, I am not anorexic. Mm-hmm. I am, I am a, a wonderful, extraordinary human being. I have anorexia, mm-hmm. but anorexia doesn't have me. Mm. And that's the big difference. I have it. It doesn't have me mm-hmm. because I'm in control and I can choose. And yes, it's there. And it's this, it's this concept. It's this mm-hmm. idea. It's, you know, I don't know, whatever it may be for any different person, internal pressure and external mm-hmm. pressure, whatever it is that's causing those things. Um, Has there been any know, specific so, so moment that, that, you know, that created this awareness for you? Um, no, I mean, the whole thing has been so, such a journey. It's been such a, it's kind of like you go and again, this is what I do with my business is like, people want these quick fixes with, mm. with food and they want to lose 10 pounds tomorrow. And, and there are ways to do it. And they're called eating disorders too, which, you know, I'd probably get a slap in the face by a good handful of people in my industry because they don't want, you know, they don't want to be seen as like a fad diet, but, but they are because yeah. it's not a sustainable way to live and it's exactly. not a healthy way to live. And, 
you know, and I can, and I can also speak to the biochemistry behind that because of my background Mm -hmm. in nursing, because of the science that I, that I have studied, I can understand, you know, people probably going to totally, um, alienate an entire population here, but like people who like bodybuilders, completely Mm -hmm. unhealthy. The things that they do to their body can land them in, in acute renal failure, cardiac arrest, far too young an age. Yeah. You know, like they're really, I mean, talk about rolling the dice. Like the things that they do are very unhealthy. Mm. And so a lot of them know that. And, you know, and I've talked to a lot of them. I've had some friends who do it and they get into this mindset where they're very much, they have eating disorders. Mm. You know, they don't have them as long of a term. And often when they're done with their, you know, Competition. their short period of time, they're like, give me food. I'm hungry. You know, so it's like, okay, well, that's good. You know, but it's still not good for your body to do yeah. that. Um, so as far as, you know, was there a moment, um, there was not, but what happened to me was when you're anorexic or, you know, I can speak to the anorexia because yeah. that was me when you're anorexic for an extended period of time. Um, and you start to eat normally again, talking healthfully, I'm not talking overeating, overindulging or whatever. Like my nutritionist had to convince me to add an extra orange in and I was in tears in her office, you know, like, so I'm talking about like progressing to a normal way of eating. Mm-hmm. Um, your body actually starts to hold on to the weight because your body's afraid yeah, you're going to do it again. So I actually gained a lot of weight. It's like um, in, in a and, word all the time, right? It's like, yeah, survival mode. Yeah. So, uh huh. No, absolutely. That's exactly that's what fat is. It's survival because way back in the day, like people needed to beef up their body so they could survive winters when they couldn't find food. So that's actually what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. And so your body goes, oh. We're, we're going to starve again. So now that you're eating, I'm hanging on to it just yeah. in case, you know. Um, and so I had a lot of weight to lose. And that's how it started. I looked at myself in the mirror and I'm like, I'm turning into, I won't say who, but people in my life that I had seen yeah. who were overweight, miserable, um, mm. lacked self-confidence, cursed all the time, like just, just such bad place in their lives. And I was like, yeah. I don't want to be person. I need to freaking fix this, you know? Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, one step at a time, Mm -hmm. I started working out, but I was in a place and this was in my early twenties. I was in a place where I thought to myself, I better watch myself because I'm going to do it again. And I don't want to do it again. Cause look where it got me, you know, it got me really overweight and really unhealthy. Um, so, you know, and that's a fear for people who have eating disorders. It's not just, um, you know, oh, I don't feel like I look good. Like mm-hmm. you're terrified of being overweight. Um, and so I just was like, okay, I better watch myself. I started working out. I made sure not to do too much, mm-hmm. you know, and I started eating, you know, I was always eating healthfully. Um, but I really watched like when I was eating, how I felt when I ate. And so I paid more attention and luckily I'm, I've always been an analytical person. So I'm, I kicked that into high gear. Cause I was like, no one's, I have nobody, like no one's going to fix this for me. Yeah. I have to do it myself, you mm. know? And so, it, so it was a process. Um, and it's a process for anybody and then add, add the eating disorder on top of it. So it's even more a process for people who don't have eating disorders. Like you still have to acknowledge, like, I need to change my lifestyle, not go on a fad diet, yeah. you know? Um, and, how, and would so, you, how would you say, you know, changing your food, changing your, your exercise and also working on your mind or your awareness, how has this changed your life? Oh, gosh, how has it not really? I mean, a lot of people say, you know, 
when you specialize in something in a business, you have to choose one thing. Mm -hmm. And I narrowed it down a lot. I really did. Because I was that person who was like, I'm going to help everybody, you know, and (laughs) that doesn't work that way, you know, (laughs) like hopefully, yes, hopefully I'll help the whole entire world and I'll take it all on myself. Um, But I, I narrowed it down. I'm like, food is such a thing for me. And I've been studying functional medicine, studying, I mean, you know, like, um, like reading on it Uh and following doctors and things like that um, since 2013. Uh, But prior to that, I was eating healthfully already. um, But I started to learn what functional medicine was and and functional nutrition. Um, But the mindset and the toxicity that I eliminated when I started to really look at my friend circle Uh um, was a huge part of it. And so I thought, you know, but, and, and of course, you know, playing, cause the same with the anorexia goes for the OCD. Like it doesn't just go away. Like mm-hmm. I washed my hands earlier today and I'm like, why am I still washing them? You know? And it's the same thing. You have to stop and ask yourself things. I actually uh, wrote and published a very short book, um, back in January mm-hmm. and it's more about the mindfulness and mindset. And I do touch a little bit on some of the tricks that I taught myself in coming out of the, the OCD and the anorexia. Um, I don't specifically say that in the book because I want to make sure to reach everybody, but that's, those are the things that I, that I, they're like little mind hacks, little things that, that help you to get past a hump or get past a place you're stuck or whatever. Um, but when I was choosing, you know, who to focus on with my business, I'm like, you can't separate the food and the mindset because without, feeding your body healthy food, there's no way your mind's going to get right because so much of what you eat really affects your brain. Um, you know, and and that was not the cause per se of my OCD. My OCD was caused by trauma in my childhood, Mm -hmm. but I, I would not have been as able to fully like be insightful and be aware and be understanding of my situation and my, and my abilities had I not been feeding myself healthy food. Mm. And you know, and so it's kind of like, and in my book, I say, you start where you are, you know, maybe your food's on point and you just need to work on your mindset. Maybe you're, maybe you're like, yeah, I want you like, I, you know, I don't care about the food part. I just want to do the mindset, but you're eating McDonald's seven days, seven days a week. I'm like, my friends, you are not going to get to where you want to be by doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's Um, incredible what impact food has on, you know, our ability to focus, our ability to think, our ability to be you know, mm-hmm. be aware in the present moment, use really like the full capacity of our brain. It's just like super impressive. Yes. Yeah. It's, and it's so complex, you know, everything is. And that's the thing is people are going to eat for, you know, one part of health and then they're going to, you know, exercise for a different part. And they're going to do like, you know, I have a friend, bless her heart at work. And she, I was like, Oh, you know, I asked her if she wanted to have, always have bags of tea in my, um, in my purse, you know, and I'm like, Oh, do you want a bag of tea? And she was like, Oh, you know, you're drinking green tea too. Like, what is that? Cause you know, Lauren's drinking green tea also. And I was like, well, it's, it's tea. <laughs> like, it's, not, it's just like something other than water. And she's like, well, it's going to help me lose weight. And I'm like, and I said, well, you need to do more than just drink a cup of green tea a day to lose weight. Like, you know, so I tell people start at the end, you know, yeah. also in my book, start at the end. What are your goals? Cause you need to figure out what those are first before you start on, on any path. But, um, but you know, people do want all of these little, these little quick fixes and things. It just doesn't work that way. Like, you know, and I can even tell, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I, I love food. I like ice cream. I like wine. I'm Italian amongst other things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like my pasta, you know, but I'm very particular about, you know, if I eat gluten, for example, hundred mm-hmm. percent organic, I will like, you know, a lot of people in my, in my, in the wellness world or everyone mm-hmm. is like gluten free, like, yeah, you know, and I'm like, I'm just, it is a thing and there's science behind it. 
But I've done three elimination diets. And the thing that all of those people also say is there is no one size fits all, you know, Mm. and it's true. You have to. And that's the that's the difficulty with wellness these days is people want me or whoever else to just hand them. What do I do to get the outcome? And like, I don't know. I'm not psychic. I'm not God. Like, we need to figure this out together because it's your body. Your body's different from mine, different from hers, different from, you know, so we need to figure out like, are you having symptoms? Are you like an optimizer? Like I'm an optimizer. I don't have symptoms, but I want to get to my best health, you know, so you're going to approach things differently that way. Um, And it's the same with mindset, you know, Uh, oh, this made me crazy before I actually got into all of this and really started reading and researching, which has happened in the last 10 years. Um, I had a friend, she was, <laughs> I have to tell you, she was one of the people actually that I had to gracefully step away from mm-hmm. because she was a very toxic person. And, and, um, you know, and I wish her all the best. And that's the thing is, you know, even, you know, you were asking my relationship with my family, what I like, I don't wish bad on anybody. Like, I really don't. I wish everyone mm. the best. But I think it was Abraham Lincoln who said, forgive your enemies, but never forget their names. Mm. In other words, to say, be forgiving, be loving, put out good vibes for other people, you know, on that. But it doesn't mean you have to throw yourself in front of a train for it. You know, you don't have to put yourself in danger or at risk or amongst toxicity or, or you know, throw back to a trauma for their benefit. You know, yeah. that's their responsibility, but you have to, you know, but at the same time, you know, there's no progress or forward motion in dwelling on choices that someone else made. No, and you I know? think this is so, so people, important that you mentioned that because um, sometimes I think people don't realize that people are actually toxic, like in their environment mm-hmm. and that they're not really, let's say, treating them really as a friend or the way a friend would be or even let's say a mother father whatever and um, Mm -hmm. to really become you know for everybody who's listening I just want to encourage you you know take a just reflect upon like who is in your closest circle of friends right and how do you usually leave when you meet them with what kind of energy do you feel like drained or Mm -hmm. do you feel like exhausted or stressed or do you really feel like energized and like you know happy and uh, really try to start to identify those things and so very important I want to come back to you know your business and actually orange fedora because so you already mentioned a little bit when when you when you noticed that you know you had made the changes in your lives and uh, you were feeling great and you wanted to spend more fun time also with yourself you know um <laughs> but you were working those 80 hours um was that the moment that has sparked this idea of starting your own business and creating it or was it maybe a different moment and you know <laughs> what is orange fedora really all about Ah, um, so many questions. Let's see. Oh, I love it. I'm like, wait, can I call out at work today? (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna have like a seven hour interview. Um, let's see. Well, let's start with what what was the the moment moment that that I realized? Yeah. That you want to start a business. Yeah. That I want to start a business. Oh, that happened after, um, after I found my fancy, my tagline is Mm -hmm. probably most of your listeners don't have any idea. My tagline is find your fancy. Mm -hmm. Um, So that actually happened for me in 2015. Um, There was a moment when I realized uh, 
I, I really think it was this one particular friend that I had told you about. And she used to say all the time, cause she, you know, you look at her and you're, you know, she's the type of person who makes you feel like you're the only person in the room, mm-hmm. you know, and she's, she's, very, a very gracious person on the outside, but there are a lot of underlying things. In any case, she was that person who, well, you know, just be positive and, and it'll all be fine. Or, you know, why don't you just have a good attitude? And, you know, and it's like, that doesn't make sense, you know? And so I started to, and I was like, that it doesn't work that way. Like, you know, and, and so that's when I started, started to do research on this mindfulness and mindset. Cause I'm like this, you know, she can't explain the science behind it. There's gotta be a science behind mm-hmm. it. There has to be, you know, because, like I mentioned before, I'm Christian, but I'm also an RN, you know, I also brought people back to life. So it's like, there's this, you know, very intricate combination Mm -hmm. of science and faith, you know, and, um, and so having a positive mindset and being mindful and aware and insightful and this kind of thing, it's not a magic trick. You don't just like wake up one morning and be like, I'm going to be positive today. Like stuff happens, life happens. It's not easy. You know, life is challenging, you know? But it, it doesn't mean it has to be bad. I mean, even in those challenges, um, you can find good. There's always, I'm like the queen of silver lining, you know, like there's always a way to reframe your thoughts, to make it positive. And people will laugh because I'm just like, you know, I mean, I can't give you a specific example. I don't know, like off the top of my head, but something will happen and it'll just be like, okay, well, that was unfortunate. And they're like, what? And I'm like, well. I can't do anything about it, but move forward now. So like, you know, you can't dwell on that thing. And so you use it. Well, what can I do with this kind of unfortunate circumstance to make it more positive? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was in 2015 that I, that I realized that this friend of mine Mm -hmm. um, was, was making me feel really bad about myself all the time, just in in so many capacities, so many. Mm -hmm. And we've been friends for a very long time. And so you kind of feel like, um, like an obligation. Mm -hmm. And I realized like, she was keep like keeping me down. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, well, and again, gracefully step away. Like I wish her well, there wasn't a huge blowout. Mm-hmm. Like I just needed to stop putting myself in that path, you know? And I thought I need to start doing some things that I've always wanted to do because I don't do anything that I, mm-hmm. I don't even know what my hobbies were. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, I don't do anything, you know? And, um, so I, that was the first year I took a vacation for my birthday. I went wow. to Martha's Vineyard. Um, beautiful. And I had, uh, at first it was kind of sad. I was depressed. Like I was taking a birthday vacation by myself. Nobody wanted to go. No one could, no one, whatever, you know, I felt very alone. And then I met some people out there and Mm -hmm. I thought, what a great way to just get out of your comfort zone and go meet people from a completely different walk of life, Mm -hmm. you know? And granted it was just on the other side of the country, but still it's a, they're different people over there. They're doing a whole different, you know, they're living a whole different life. You would have never crossed paths with them otherwise, you know? And, um, and then I, I went to an event, a black tie event later that year, so in December of 2015, I was very excited about it. Um, and that is the moment that was the night. Finally, I have a moment to tell you because everything is such a progress, but that was the moment where I was all dressed up Mm -hmm. and black tie is my thing. Like I don't, I, you know, I'm, I'm very, I'm very retro. I'm very 1940s. That's just who I am, you know? And, um, so that's what this was. And so I was all dressed up and I had one quick look in the mirror before I was going to walk out the door, make sure I didn't forget to put my shoe on or something. And, um, and I was like, I feel fancy. Like all of a sudden, and it wasn't just like, okay, I'm wearing this really cute black dress, with huge black bone, mm-hmm. these great heels and my red lipstick, you know, it was, I look good. I feel good about how I look. I feel good about who I am. I feel good about the people I'm surrounding myself with. I feel really good that I gave myself this opportunity to go to this out of town, like concert event 
um, that I, it doesn't matter if people were with me or not. Mm-hmm. I met like 15 people that night, you know, and, um, and I just felt like I finally had stepped into myself. Mm-hmm. Like I finally was like, Oh, that's Shannon, you know? And and still, I hadn't thought about starting a business. I thought, well, finally, I'm having some fun in my life. Yeah. <laughs> like, finally, like I'm in a good spot, you know. Um, and one thing, I mean, so many things happened. I had I had met a guy in Martha's Vineyard. I went back the following summer, saw him again, ended up moving out to Boston the following year in 2017. Um, the relationship with him did not work out for a number of reasons, um, and neither did my my uh, job situation, mm-hmm. which was supposed to work out, didn't work out either. So I kind of ran into this thing where I made this huge, like life-changing decision to move across the country. And all of a sudden, very quickly, everything fell apart. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh goodness. So again, I was like, well, that's unfortunate. (laughs) (laughs) But again, okay, it sucks. Yes, you have to have that moment. You have to have that moment where you're like, okay, life is really freaking Mm -hmm. tough right now. And then what do you do about it? Like, what is the action you take? Because that's the important part. You have to have your moment. You can't ignore it and be like, oh, it's fine. It's not fine. It sucks. You know? And then you're like, okay, it sucks. But what do I do? How do I take it and make it something beautiful? You know, Mm -hmm. like, what can I do next? And that's when I was like, I need to teach people how to get to a place where they can have the confidence to do something like this. Not that everyone needs to go and uproot their life and change, you know, but to do something. And, you know, I say in my book too, making, doing something different could be as simple for, as buying a different scent of hand soap. Like it doesn't have to be extravagant or it's traveling the world, wherever you are in your life and what you need to do. When I was in nursing school, it was hand soap for me because I couldn't do, you know, like I was college twice, like I didn't have the money for that. And so what I would do in nursing school, and I didn't realize I was doing it then, every Friday, I would go to Starbucks and I would get a black coffee. Mm-hmm. And I would tell myself, like, this is all I can afford at this moment. But I want someone else to make my coffee this week because it has been a week, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I would spend $2 and I would buy myself a cup of coffee every week as like a, a treat. And look forward to like you have, and that was my fancy at the time. That's, that's what I could afford. That was within my realm. You know, it would have been completely irresponsible and kind of dumb for me to be like, screw it. I'm going to go on some huge vacation that I couldn't afford. Like it, you know, so that's an important piece of the fancy and how it's different for everybody. Um, and what you does know, it you have actually to look at where like, you are in your life. What does it actually mean for you? Like what meaning does fancy have for you? Well, um, pretty much when I looked in the mirror that one day and I said, I found my, like, I, I feel fancy. That's when I found it. It was that confidence that, um, I, I really, I loved myself. Like, I think maybe for the first time in my life, you know, I even bothered to have that relationship, you know? And I thought, wow, I, I, I'm pretty cool. Like I've come to a good spot. Like, look at me go, you know, yeah. look what I came from. Holy crap. Like I didn't even think I was going to make it past 16, you know, and here I am. You know, and, and another thing too, though, is that once you find it doesn't mean like you're all set, like you have to keep working toward it. You have dips and life happens and things go wrong and, and you have to keep tapping into that. And there's a mindful, that's where the mindfulness and mindset comes in. You have to keep tapping back into it and going, okay, hang on a second. The world has gotten in my way, you know, or I've, my mind's run away with myself or whatever, you know, and you Mm -hmm. step back and you say, okay what's going on in my life? What are the pieces that aren't working? How, what do I have control over fixing? What do I have to accept for the moment? Like you have to start looking at those things. And so 
Fancy is not just that moment where you have all those things and you feel confident. Fancy is the moment where you realize how you can always come back to it too. Mm. So it's not just finding it, but it's knowing that you have the tools that when life goes awry, you can always come back to fancy again because you know how to get there, you know? So that's, that's what it is. That's awesome. And so like if we look at, let's say at the business side and because I'm sure that also many people who are listening are, are playing with with the you know with the idea of maybe starting their own business quitting their nine to five how did you actually you know go about creating a business for you for the first time <laughs> um so <laughs> be well, honest I with us It's not necessarily advice I would give other people. No, but you know, life. everything is because, a learning um, experience because I feel like so many people have those false, you know, false images, false ideas that, you know, this perfect uh, social media world is creating. And, you know, yeah. I want people to oh, yeah, know that <laughs> maybe it has been challenging, that it was, it was tough, you know, that you made a lot of mistakes because that's that has been like my road also. And so I'm, I'm curious, like, how did you actually go about it and how did you you know scale it to a level where you could actually I think retire from your nursing job hmm. well the truth is I haven't um I've only been in business 14 months so I'm okay. still new um and I I it was again the sink or swim I you know I got to this point where I'm like okay I went through this program they basically were like you know oh and by the way here's how to build a website I'm like all right well I don't know how to do any of that stuff but let me click these buttons and see what happens you know so I was just like well I can figure it out never has there been a thing in my life that I've come across that I have not been able to figure out mm. so while I'm not this you know tech guru again here I am on Skype this is the first time ever like <laughs> how old do I feel right now you know I've jo finally joined 2019 um you know but You know, I'm like, well, I guess I'll plug this in here. And I guess like, you know, um, but it was the same thing. I built my website. I'm like, okay. And I've, I've since revamped it quite a few times, including as recently as about a month ago. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and, you know, so, so I just, I just jumped in, you know, and, and for me, because my little move, <laughs> my little move to Massachusetts and back mm -hmm. um, cost me a pretty penny, or I should say it cost Visa and MasterCard a pretty mm. penny. So I wasn't in a position when I started my business to really like throw a bunch of cash at it. Like yeah. it's just, uh, you know, and a lot of people have that opportunity. A lot of people wait until they're married and their husband's the breadwinner, their wife's the breadwinner and, and, you know, and they have the mm. opportunity to dabble a little and, and I, I'm not that person, you know, more power to them. Like I, I'm, I'm so happy for them and that's wonderful, but it's not the way it works for everybody. Um, but so for me, I'm like, if there's another quote that says something to the effect, I don't know who said it, something to the effect of if we wait until everything is perfect, we will never begin. Yeah. <laughs> and so I thought, well, I kind of have the general idea of what to do. So I'm just going to jump in and do it. And we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. You know, I created a new, um, Instagram account. I mean, like I said, I'm 14 months old. I only have like 250 followers. So anyone who's listening, please follow me on Instagram because yeah, I'm still not understanding the social media thing. I'm like, <laughs> go follow help. Shannon. <laughs> but yes. Um, I'm at Orange Fedora HW. That's my Instagram. Make me feel better about myself when I see some more followers. Um, but yeah, so I don't have a town to the size. I didn't, you know, I retired from my hospital job in nursing. I have a, a, a background in emergency and trauma mm. and I was very good at it. Um, it does take its toll. And I, I did, I did this very, um, a few years into it. I did a very like, informal, that's the word I'm looking for, a very informal, like, survey of my coworkers, mm -hmm. mostly some of the doctors, but mostly other nurses. And I would say to them, 
if you had all the money in the world indefinitely, Mm -hmm. would you still do this job? And almost every one of them said no. And for many reasons that I could go Mm -hmm. into and not because we don't want to help people, but it's a very demand. It's a very demanding field being in healthcare in in the Western medicine world. Um, And I thought to myself, I'm looking around at my colleagues and I'm like, these are great people. They're great nurses. They're great providers. They're, and they're all miserable. And I don't want to be that either, you know? And I just, but partially because of that, but I actually started to develop chest pain and I was having a lot of physical and emotional Mm. Um, problems as a direct result of my job. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought, you know what, I can't, you can never help other people to your best possible extent unless you keep yourself healthy first. And if I'm 39 years old in a cardiologist's office as a patient, that's not okay, mm-hmm. you know. And so that was me last year. And so I thought when this contract is done, I was on a, a short-term um, travel contract. I thought this needs to be it, you know. Luck, luckily for me, I work um, a per diem job, and a nursing per diem means mm-hmm. that you're not guaranteed any hours, so it's mm-hmm. not a full-time position, but you could work a lot of hours or a few or whatever. So it was something like that is kind of an unstable. Uh, yes, kind of. Yeah, so it's rather unstable, but it's also, you know, my boss is amazing. I've been at this job with the exception of my excursion to Massachusetts. I've been at this job mm-hmm. for almost six years now. Oh. Um, and my boss is very similar to me in demeanor, actually. So she understands. I always, I told her just yesterday, thank you for understanding my particular brand of crazy. Um, because she does. And, um, you know, so I do have that job. It doesn't, you know, like I said, it's unstable. So you never really know. Um, but I'm very organized and I'm very, I'm really good with numbers. So mm-hmm. I, I project, like I said, into the future to see how, how long I can go, how mm-hmm. far, what I need to do, how I need to pick up shifts, what, what kind of income I need to have. So it's, um, so, you know, as far as scaling, I haven't, I haven't scaled yet. I'm still trying to figure out how to do that. You know, I think it was six months ago. I didn't even know what that meant, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, you know, I'm plugging along. That's, that's what I do. So, you know, it, so it depends on like most things in life. It depends on where you are and what your goals are, you know? So let's say, or, or let, if, if you're, if you're willing to share, like what have been the steps that you've taken so far? In business? Mm-hmm. Oh, freaking jumping in. That was the first thing. I mean, you can't start a business without actually starting the business, you know? So I opened my website and I was like, Hey, look at me. I'm a health coach, you know? And then I was like, well, so is a lot of, so are a lot of other people. Like I need to explain to people why I know what I'm talking about, you know? Um, so I fleshed out, um, some certifications, the functional nutrition Mm -hmm. certification. I got my personal training certification. Of course I'm an RN. Um, and, uh, Yeah. So the certifications were important to me. I've, I've always been an academic, you know, mm-hmm. so I obviously have two college degrees. Like I'm always, I love to learn. And so I thought that was very important. And, and, um, so I did that and, you know, fiddled with the website, lots of research, you know, trying to figure out this whole SEO thing. That's another thing that baffles me, but I'm still working on it. Um, you know, and, and trying to, you know, connect with other people who kind of get it or, you know, I mean, there was, there's not been a roadmap, but, you know, because of the situation that I was in where I didn't have something stable and I don't have really a backup plan, like, you know, 
you know, I don't have parents to run back to if it doesn't work out. I don't have, you know, a husband who has an income, like, you know what I'm saying? Like it literally still is just me. And so I needed to be very cautious. And so I thought, well, I have to have really low overhead, you know, like I can't do all this fancy stuff. And so I did it all myself. Whereas Mm -hmm. I would have loved to have outsourced that web, the whole web design thing. I would have been like, here's some money, but I didn't have that opportunity. So guess what? I learned something new. Yeah. So that's, those have been my steps is like, what else can I teach myself so that I can figure it out on my own, you know, and eventually I would like to grow to a point where I don't have to do that. But for now I embrace it and I say, well, look how much I can do now that I couldn't do 14 months ago, you know? So I think like, um, I just want to, you know, applaud you because, um, I think like really just taking action and, you know, like you said, just diving in and figuring it out. This is whether it comes to business to your relationships to your health whatever topic it might be if you don't take action nothing will change right so like i just want to you know applaud that that you are taking the action and just you know working your way through one step at a time and so what 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 do you think would your 16 year old self think about the shannon that you've become today After everything that you've Um, been through and, you know, the way that you've developed yourself. Um, well, my 16 year old self could hardly see straight. So, (laughs) um, gosh, I don't know. I think I would probably say something like, wow, look as you go. You know, I, I mean, honestly, like had my, had my grandfather not my, literally my grandfather saved my life mm-hmm. simply by letting me go live with him. Like mm-hmm. it was a huge turning point. And, um, you know, I, I couldn't, at the time when I was 16, I couldn't see the forest for the trees. I was just trying to, trying to get through each day and not completely fall yeah. apart, you know? Um, and I, and I was close, <laughs> but, um, you know, so now it's kind of like, that's all I do is see the forest, you know, because I have this big picture perspective and I can step out of it and be like, those trees are cool. Mm-hmm. Some of them are dying, but you know, to use that analogy, like you can step back and you can see the whole perspective. My 16 year old self. Yeah. I just, I don't think I would have believed I would have survived. I, d- I did not expect to live to see, I'm 40 now, I'll be 41 in August. I, I don't think I expected to see 40. I don't think I expected to see 25. You don't, so, like just for the audience to know, to they can't see you, but you don't look anything like 40. <laughs> you, you look like literally <laughs> like, I don't know, 30 or so. Like seriously, if I wouldn't have known, like <laughs> I would have never guessed. And what what is also well, maybe, you. maybe uh, one message, you know, if you could, if you could choose one message to share with our female audience, what would that be? What is like so close and dear to your heart that you want any woman to know out there? Um, oh my gosh. Take your time. One shoot. (laughs) Um, There really is no limit. I mean, to yourself, to what you can do, you don't, you don't have to be an entrepreneur. You know what I'm saying? Like some people think, oh, the only way I can prove myself or what, you know, you don't have to to do what you and I do. You know, you can, 
you can still be amazing and, and limitless in any capacity. If you choose a life where, you know, you want to be a stay at home mom, that's an amazing opportunity. And if that's what your heart desires, then do it all the way. Mm-hmm. If your heart desires to be an entrepreneur, then do it all the way. You know, if you desire to get married and not have kids and travel the world with your husband, then do it all the way. You know, there's no limit. You just have to know yourself to know, like, don't do what other people are doing unless you want to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. So you have to really get to know yourself and say, well, what brings me joy? What makes me happy? What makes me fancy? Mm-hmm. You know, and do that, you know, and, and it's not, you know, jumping off a cliff and hoping for the best. It's figure out what it is and then work backwards. Start, I always say, start at the end. It's in my book. Start at the end mm-hmm. and work backwards. And then you're going to figure out how to take the steps to get to where you want to go. Because am I where I want to be? No. Am I on the way? Yes. Because that's the point. You know, so there's no limit. There is no limit. You just have to figure out what it is that your heart wants. I love that. And one thing that I always close off is, you know, I call it the three, three nuggets of wisdom. So if tomorrow, everything that you know, right now, all the experience, all your knowledge, you know, would be erased because you would leave us. Um, but you could leave like three messages, three three wisdoms that you have learned over those 41 years. What would those three things be, actually, that you would like your six-year-old self to know? Oh, like three main life, like life messages? Yeah. Um... To create your own life to like, you know, like kind of like what I touched upon, um, to not necessarily go after what someone else is doing because mm-hmm. you think you're supposed to, or you think that's, what's going to make, you know, to really get to know yourself and find your own life, create your own life. Um, that not, not to expect quick fixes from anything in life at all, whether it's, you know, diet and exercise or, you know, going to school or starting a business, like things don't happen overnight. You know, um, so to be patient, which is laughable for me to say, because I'm one of the most impatient people. I want something. I want it now. You know, I told you I'm Italian. So, <laughs> um, but, it, but, you know, all of, a lot of life has taught me to be patient in, in many ways and, and to laugh about it. Mm-hmm. And I do that, especially when I'm, I'm taught a, a lesson in patience and I can see that and you can call it what you want. I call it God. People call it the universe. I don't think God cares what you call it. Um, but when you're taught a lesson by, you know, a metaphysical, you know, something larger than us, um, whether it's a life experience or whatever to, you know, really grab onto it and look at it. Like, what is it? Flesh it out, feel it like, like, you know, there is, I would love Olga for you at some point and your listeners to read, there's a blog that I wrote. I wrote right in my blog. It's called the journal mm-hmm. on uh, my website. Um, back in September of 2018, I sprained my ankle really bad, really bad. Um, and it was funny because at the time, and I read all about it, a couple a couple of the blog posts. Um, at the time, I was, um, I had been telling myself, like, I need to slow down. Like, I'm doing too much. I've got too much on my plate. I go, da, da, da. Let me tell you, <laughs> I freaking slowed down, almost broke my ankle, and I was like, God, I hear you. Yeah. You know? Like you're very, you're very funny. You know, like <laughs> this is not what I had in mind. It took me out of my dance lessons for seven or seven weeks. And, you know, so 
So to find the humor in those lessons and to watch for the lessons because they're mm. all around you all the time, you know, and I don't know if I haven't answered all three or if I've answered seven, I'm not sure <laughs> what I've done at this point, but um, but yeah, create your own life, listen to the lessons, laugh about them, and um, I would say don't tell, don't let anybody tell you what you can and can't do. You know, people people in my life have either directly or indirectly said things. Well, you can't do it like that, or you can't. You know, you're you're not going to succeed, or you're not. And I would listen. And I would smile, and my nieces and nephews know to look well when my left eyebrow just kind of rises to my forehead. And I would say, I hear what you're saying, and watch me, mm. you know. And I would just do it anyway. And like I said, there's never been a thing I haven't been able to figure out, never been a hurdle I can't leap, you know. And and you just do it, you know. I love that attitude. So how can now I actually... so Nike. <laughs> how can people you know find you work with you what's your book called and where can they purchase it uh, my book is on amazon um so it's called all in how to live life the way life is meant to be lived um the easiest way to find it on amazon i realized is to type all in and then my first name which is s-h-a-n-n-y-n and my it pops up right there um but it, actually the easier way to do it would be to go to my website and click on the link um and so my website is www.orangefedora.com mm -hmm. um and yeah so you can get that either it's under the offers page or under the books page uh, so that's where you'd find the book i actually just released a workshop as well it's an mm -hmm. online workshop uh, based on the book um, so that is how you can find my book um yeah. And like I said, Instagram is orange fedora HW. Mm -hmm. To be really honest, I'm not on Facebook all that often. I do have a Facebook page, but I'm not that active. Like I'll just tag it in my Instagram. So mm -hmm. you'll find me Instagram or on my website most of the time. Perfect. So, so yeah. So thank you so much, Shannon. I really like enjoyed the conversation and I, and I'm so, so grateful that you know, you let us be part of something so personal in such an open way. And uh, I'm sure that people, you know, who are struggling with something similar and, you know, people who are who who are not struggling with the same thing. But I think everybody can take like a lot of learnings out of what you've shared with us today. So thank you so much for being part of the Thrive Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into the Thrive Podcast and spending your precious time with us. If you found this episode valuable and think that others could benefit from it, too, please share it with your network, friends and family. I would also be forever grateful if you could go over to iTunes and leave us an honest review about the show. And if you have a comment, question, or topic that you would like to see covered on the show, go to algamuller.com slash thrive podcast. So see you next week, girl. And until then, don't forget that you were meant to thrive.